Hello, friends and folks, and welcome to the Johto Quorum. I am your stalwart co-host, Alan. Hi, and I'm joined, as always, by my less stalwart cohort. Cohort? Cohort, yes, you're a cohort. It's six, everyone. Hey, everybody. Welcome to my evil scheme, my cohort, Tenno. I'm looking at the definition of stalwart, and I think I'm more yeah. stalwart than you are. What does that? What does stalwart actually mean? Loyal, reliable, and hardworking. Ouch, ouch, bud. So I'm not any of those things. Loyal, loyal. We can, you know, listen. I'm not going to compete on loyalty, but like I work really hard. I know you do, and but also, I do too. also, I show up for podcasts on time. Basically, there was the one time where I didn't, and that was dramatic. But also, I have to remind you about podcast recordings frequently. Okay, I'm sorry. We don't have to record this one if you don't want to. Okay. Thanks Bye everyone. everyone. Yeah. Thanks for listening. The plug zone. <laughs> uh, no, this is this is the Pokemon podcast that literally refuses to quit, even when our co-host uh, insults me to my face on the podcast. Um, we're not ranking any Pokemon today. We're talking about the newest released Pokemon video games, Pokemon Sword and Shield, which were released across the universe on November fifteenth, twenty nineteen. Six, you and I have had, uh, let's call it almost two weeks, a week and a half with these games. Yeah. Yeah, we had a while. Um, you're working on a review. Is that a review up at the time of this episode posting? Uh, by the time of the episode posting, absolutely. Fabulous. People should check that out. It's on scanlinemedia.com. Um, but we're going to be talking more generally and casually about the games, what we think about them so far, where we've landed on them as Pokemon games, and sort of coming at it from the lens of Quorum discussion like how we usually talk about pokemon mm-hmm. um i want to come in here right away and say that i uh was impressed by both of these by by both of by this game whatever i guess i could call it a singular game since the version differences are uh negligible and i played shield six you played sword is that correct uh, i played sword and a little bit of shield because i have both and you bought both because you are crazy smart can't move um yeah so I finished Shield uh, almost a week ago. I basically um, like marathoned through this game, not intentionally. I just had a lot of free time and some like personal stuff was going on, and I was like, I want to sit in front of the TV and play Pokemon all day, and I did, and then I didn't stop until there was none left. Um, so I finished it in. I think my game clock said like twenty five hours by the end, maybe less than from just just the main story, not including the post game adventure. Mm-hmm. Um. How long did you take about the same time? I think you were finishing relatively quick. I haven't finished. Oh, right. You're like, where are you in the game right now? Um, I have stopped right before the Champion Cup or whatever. Um, okay. Because I am uh, a cartoon um, yeah, who's like, true. man, I really love the idea of like, like, <laughs> okay. So you're you're reading Naruto. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I'm going to like slightly spoil something for you that's coming up very soon, if that's okay. Okay. Um, so uh, in the Chunin exams arc, mm-hmm. Sasuke has a match against Gara, And he just disappears before the match for a while. Uh-oh. And they're oh, like, no. oh, man, is he like, and then like the match starts. It's like, oh, no, is he even going to make it? He's going to get disqualified. He just doesn't hurry. And then, like, the last second he shows up, he's like, sorry, I've been training this whole time. Right? 
Oh, and he's like a nasty boy. He's got like cool scars. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, um, I figured that. I, okay. you know, it's a very, it's a very classic shonen thing, right? Of so you're trying like, to be Sasuke, is what you're saying. You're trying to be the the Sasuke. I mean, I was using that one because I figured it would be more relatable to you. I'm trying to be Ichigo from Bleach. Um, I, 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 I'm trying. You know, like I, I'm speaking as though I've already achieved Bankai. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't I do not. <laughs> Um, can't say I do. So I'm trying to roll up on this tournament. I'm like, okay, I, I, you know, I pulled through. I got my eight badges, and they're like, okay, hop on the train, go finish the game. And I was like, what if instead I disappeared for like 30 hours <laughs> and then showed up with like the scariest thing in the world? The thing I will say about about that that strategy is it doesn't have to be as much of a like hyperbolic time chamber grind as it has been in previous games because you can get people to level 100 very fast with exp candy well that's the other thing is actually i started this cool idea and then i was like what if i played other video games <laughs> so yeah. maybe it was a dumb idea <laughs> yeah i mean i all i'll say is the reason the thing that pushed me to finish it was i wanted um i really wanted the box art legendary which you only get after finishing the post game because mm-hmm. um, you beat the champion and then there's credits and then you go back to your house you go to his house you get a whatever I guess this is like post game spoilers. You get a Charmander because he has a char he has a Charizard and you get to have one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go on a quest and then it ends with you. It like you go to all the gyms again and fight stuff at all the gyms and then you go to uh, the whatever the slumbering weld and you get either Zacian or Zamazenta depending on uh, which version you have. And then Hop gets the other one, which is dumb because you I want both, but you know that's how that's why trading works. Um, otherwise like version differences, I think were the only big thing. Um, I like more the sword version exclusives a little bit more overall, unfortunately. Red Basculin. Better than blue Basculin. It's so true. God, it's so true. I mean, we got Ice Q, we got, we got Spooky Cor- Cor- Corsola, um, but Zacian is way more useful and, uh, Ice, like I said, Ice Q is really cute. We got the Gudra people. Like we got some pretty good pals in our version and we got Galar Ponyta, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to far-fetched and sir-fetched. But I want to talk more about, like, different features of the game, and then we can kind of get into what we thought about, like, the story and that stuff mm-hmm. um, as we as we conclude. Sure. Um, there was a lot of talk before the games came out about the Pokedex um, being reduced. Um, it's exactly, according to the in-game Pokedex, it's exactly 400 Pokemon long right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still have a sneaking suspicion that that's going to change either via an update or via some sort of DLC, maybe. I don't know. Um, but I will say 400 is way more than enough to fill out a game where I, I feel like I've never, I'm not running into the same Pokemon over and over again. And also, I mean, like, even, you know, we had the leak, right? Of like, okay, here's all the Pokemon that are going to be in the game. And then people got hands on Final Code and they're like, oh shit, there are a bunch of other Pokemon in here, right? Like, There's more, right? There's like, oh, here's Bulbasaur. We thought Bulbasaur wasn't going to be in it. And to me, that suggests that they are actively working on expanding it. Yes. Yeah, I, I think it's... it's it, In a lot of ways, it feels like the best framework for a Pokemon the game that can be added on to. Because the 3DS is really hard to patch for, as I understood it. And they that's why they had to make other versions. Mm-hmm. This feels a little bit more like a Pokemon platform for them to put things into or... For example, with the raids, there there's a setup right there for them to put something in like, today only, Mewtwo is going to be available in different raids in Pokemon Sword and Shield, so go log into the game and go catch Mewtwo's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the raid system yeah. definitely seems very like designed with event- events in mind. 
Right, exactly. And you can you can slot legendaries in there. You can uh, have event Pokemon for whatever reason you want uh, or whatever justification. It all it all like it said slots in there perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the wild area. I think the wild area is the biggest um, sort of innovation, if you want to call it that, uh, of this generation. Um, obviously, like Dynamax and Gigantamax made a big deal, like as a back of the box feature. But the wild area. I don't see enough people talking online about how it kind of tiptoes towards the like gigantic Pokemon MMO that people want, especially if you play multiplayer. I don't agree. We're like getting there. I mean, I guess I guess it's an important step. Mm-hmm. I think the wild areas are bad. Okay, say more about that. Um, I think there are a lot of it's like a lot of problems with execution, right? Like, first mm-hmm. of all, it's really badly labeled. Um, you just have this big area and you don't know what you're encountering. And so that especially becomes a problem. Like I would say mostly it's the biggest problem when you like complete a gym and they're like, Hey, why don't you go back to the wild area? There are more areas you can deal with now. And it's like, okay, I'll go back there, but there are still areas you can't deal with, and there's no demarcation. If you see a Pokemon model standing in the middle of the wild, you don't know if it's level five or level 70. You have mm-hmm. no idea, and that's really stupid. Um, I think. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, just I was gonna say what what how that how that um pans out in the post game. It's really it's it's frustrating. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. And I feel like so I feel like there's, uh, I feel like the way that weather affects stuff and the way the weather is like sectionalized across a field. Like you can watch walk five feet and it goes from like snowing to raining to like sunshine for no clear reason, with no real difference in biome. It just happens. Um, I think most things about the wild area are really clumsy, and it feels like there's no... Like, it's it's the most boring version of an open world. It's the Mario Galaxy of open world, where there's... Wow. Not, not Mario Galaxy, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Mario Odyssey. Mario Odyssey. Where it's like, there's nothing additive about this. I like the fact that there are... the the I like the, the Pokemon Dens, but there's mm-hmm. nothing about the wild area that, that necessitates that. And then I like um, the fact that there are stronger Pokemon who spawn separately. But other than that, I don't think anything the wild area does is compelling. It's it's hit or miss for me. There's a lot of features in it that are super frustrating. I agree. Uh, like the weather stuff um, is so awkward. Like it, it's based on time. So like if I play at night and I play around the same time every evening, I'm the... Lake of Outrage is going to be snowing every single time I come in at 9 o'clock. And I think that stuff does eventually randomize. I don't know what the schedule is. That's all hidden mechanics. But, like, just, I don't know, any justification for, like, why it's sanding here, why there's uh, snow here at any given time would be better than just, like, I really need the thing and I know it's here, but it's not the right weather. So I guess I either have to change my system clock, which is not a great solution, or just come back another time i mean and even if they explained it that wouldn't solve the problem right like to me in a way this feels like the animal crossing problem right where like mm-hmm. i i am a little different now my life accommodate would accommodate animal crossing a little better now but when i first got animal crossing on the ds my schedule was such that i only ever played at night because that's when i had free time i was just like oh i can't fucking do anything at night everyone's asleep i bought this yes. game and i basically can't play it because of my availability for no fucking reason, because they decided to program it that way. 
Right. You'd either have to, again, the same thing, like just adjust your system clock back like eight hours or tough, like just not play it. And guess what? You adjust that system clock, you are getting a visit from Mr. Resetti and he is coming at you. (laughs) Um, And so, like, I don't think this is nearly as severe, but it is a problem where it's like my Pokedex is like, oh, hey, we wreck like in the middle of the game was like, we recommend you get a Diglett. And I'm like, okay, and you could get it from these areas. It's like, okay, it has to be the specific weather. I hung out there for an hour. It was never that weather. Never seen it. And I was like, okay, I guess, I guess, yep. fuck this. I don't know. Yeah. So it, it makes someone like me who, like, my main goal when I finish a Pokemon game now is to finish the decks. And then I want to start working on stuff like competitive teams or shiny breeding or whatever that stuff is. Um, and dex completion is made, is made annoying in a lot of ways because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're trying to catch stuff entirely on your own, even like the version exclusives, I've had to just be like, does somebody else, like a friend of ours had to trade me a Corsola, even though I have shield and they, it does spawn in my game. It's just like a 5% chance when it's in the snow in this area that you'll see one. And it's like, well, fuck me then. All right, great. And that stuff does add a sort of exciting rarity to Pokemon capturing that I think, uh, is a little bit more fun than just, on Route 5, there is a 10% chance that Caterpie will spawn or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's like, oh, man, I caught it snowing. Like, I had an experience earlier this week where I was trying to catch a Ralts because I was reading that Gallade is the most... It's the, like, highest recommended Pokemon for capturing other Pokemon. Right. Because it can learn Sunny Day to cancel weather. It can learn False Swipe to weaken Pokemon without killing them. And it can learn Hypnosis to put them to sleep. Um, and then they can learn, like, Psycho Cut for Stab. Like, it's perfect, but you need a Ralts. How do you get a Ralts? Well, it has to be misting, which is the rarest weather condition I think that there is. And it has to be in a specific area. Okay, I finally got missed while I was doing other things, and then it's like, all right, now Ralts also is only here 5% of the time. Fuck off. Well, here's I g- just want a Ralts. Here's good news. Go to the Lake of Outrage. It spawns as a strong enemy fairly frequently. Pretty cons consistently. The Lake of Outrage is like the place I go when I'm like, can something just spawn and it consistently spawns there. Mm-hmm. Um, the fucking uh, hungry bird with the funny eyeballs is <laughs> is there a lot. It's it's weird. Like this is one of those things about the wild area. Like I do have my problems with it, but also like I went to the Lake of Outrage and there was just a fucking Sylveon walking around, and I was like, what the? It's fuck? so cool. <laughs> That's a great feeling, especially when it's like. That that's that's the counter, right? That's the like, oh, dex completion is actually is is exciting in this one because you're like, oh man, I have to catch a Lotad and then evolve it and then get a Waterstone to get a Ludicolo, and it's like, no, 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 Ludicolo is just walking around, just just hanging out, and then you can just breed it, make a baby Lotad, and you're done. Mm-hmm. Like it it makes some things way easier, and then in in world appropriate ways, like yeah, Ludicolo exists. You're not never gonna find one. But then it makes some things really difficult, like waiting for weather effects or, uh, you know, waiting for people to join raids, for example, which we haven't talked mm-hmm. about. It seems like a lot of like, I mean, I think the problem, like these problems seem like they could be easily solved. The specific ones we're mentioning, like, it seems like it'd be really easy to say, like, here's, oh, you got an accessory, like, you know, oh, you caught 30 Pokemon. One of the professor's assistants gave you a thing that lets you see the level of a Pokemon before you encounter them. Right. Or and then also you do a thing where it's like, oh, you beat the game. Here's a legendary and the legendary can control the weather. Cast form. Give me a cast form. Well, cast form is well, reactive to the weather rather than reactive to the it. weather. That's true. But like, I mean, it's there are plenty of legendaries where you're just like, OK, now this this Pokemon can just make it snowy there. Now you can catch shit when it's snowing. And I do think like gate that that makes sense. But once you're at the end game, I don't feel like there's any reason 
for this obnoxious RNG to be so much of a factor. The RNG is there, I feel like, to, to give the world a, like a certain type of feeling. And that feeling mm-hmm. is no longer useful once you've cleared it. Right. And this is the funny thing I was mentioning earlier. Um, the post game kind of does this interesting thing with the wild area. It's sort of a grand equalizing effect where, you know, we've talked uh, on various places about how like the first time you run into a level 23 onyx or whatever, level 30 something onyx, when you enter the wild area, it's like amazing because you're like, oh, my God. This Pokemon's hard to fight. I can't catch it. It feels like what a trainer would feel like when they see an Onyx in real life. Like, that's a giant rock snake. Fuck out of here. You know? Uh, The post-game caps every single Pokemon you find in the wild area at level 60. Minimum. Nothing is under level 60. A Magikarp that you catch in the wild area in the post-game will be level 60. It's wild. Hmm. It's a really weird decision. I understand it when you're like, okay, people are not worrying about, like... Uh, you know, being under leveled for anything, everyone's fucking over leveled, and they just want to evolve things and, and capture things. Just make everything level sixty, and that's like our baseline. Sure. Uh, but it's so strange just seeing like a level sixty zigzagoon just fuck you up. Like everything is a little bit hard. Uh, when you're in the post game because of that. Hmm. Um, I don't want to just talk about the post game specifically. I, I we can talk about like the sort of story and where it goes. Um. I was initially impressed by the first couple of towns because I got that Pokemon Europe vibe. You know, I, I'm always uh, the big mark for Pokemon having really cool settings, unique settings. And it felt really special, like going into the first route and seeing like, oh, I can just see Pokemon walking around. Mm-hmm. Like this game is making bigger efforts to make you feel like a trainer better than a lot of the other ones have. Like, make you feel like an actual child that's, like, walking around a living, breathing environment. Mm -hmm. Uh, It does that stuff really well. And then, like you said, you go into the wild area and it gets really fucky. And I think my problem with my main, like, issue with progressing through the story is, A, which is something everyone's been talking about, an awesome mythology-busting story happens and you do not take part in it in the slightest. Mm -hmm. You, You are explicitly told, don't worry about this. Go do the next gym fight, which makes you feel like an uh, like a child who's like being ignored, which is maybe intentional, but it's really frustrating. I don't I don't think it's intentional. I think they ran out of time. Like it's yeah. it's so clearly smacks of like I mean you have like especially the one where it's like there's like a tunnel and like uh, Lee is like no yeah. I'll handle this and he runs ahead and then you go through the tunnel and there's a crowd of NPCs being like wow that was so cool what a cool fight it's like. You planned for me to have this fight, right? I wanted to do that. <laughs> and instead, you just run through some mines, then you fight another gym leader, and he's like, all right, go to the next one. Like, it often the story makes you feel like everybody else knows each other and is doing cool things, and they're just not telling you. Like, it gives you this weird FOMO throughout. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, oh, yeah, oh, he's, oh, yeah, Six is still winning Pokemon gym battles. Like, great. Hope he's going to probably take on Lee someday. Good luck. Oh, Bede's doing stuff. Oh, uh,. Marnie's doing stuff, but like none of it feels like it's about you. Like you very rarely feel like you are an active participant in the story. You're just kind of a, a tourist. And like that can be that can be a thing. Like Pokemon hasn't done that really before, but it could be a valuable thing. Like I've played games that do a good job of being like, no, you're not the important figure here. But that's not what they're doing. You still at the end of the day are like the challenger who becomes the new champion. It's yes. just that like there's a plot and they don't show it to you. Yes, it's it's it deliberately uh, obscured from you the whole time, mm-hmm. and then what you get is like these rivals who I 
felt was a little bit disappointed by both by all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I think Hop is the classic like new generations of Pokemon rival where he's friendly to a fault. He's extremely incompetent, but he can still get it together when it matters, I guess. And he loves everything that you do no matter what. Mm-hmm. He's just a very basic nice boy. Uh, you have Bede, who seems like he's going to go somewhere really cool. And then he gets, and I'm I'm borrowing this concept from somebody I saw on Twitter, but he gets force-femmed by one of the gym leaders. <laughs> it's fucking, there's a lot of fiction out there already of Bede getting force-femmed. It's, it's a lot. Um, because the fairy-type gym leader uh, comes at him and is like, hey, uh, you're coming with me. I'm going to make you a special in pink. And he's like, uh, and then he comes back and he's the fairy-type... Uh, Gym leader, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Marnie, who is the one that disappoints me the most. Yeah. Because Beatty, I didn't know about. Beatty, I just figured, like, oh, this dumbass is going to, like, he could be the mean rival that I want, but, like, he's not going to be that. That's fine. But Marnie is someone who I really wanted to hear or see any of. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, so with with the rivals, I mean, like, so uh, Hop is very much a how, although I like him less than how. Um, yeah, I like him less than half. I mean, well. you know, that's a that's a you know a Twitter battle to be had. Fucking whatever. Um, Bede, I feel like is promising, and I still feel like is executed well as a character, right? Like, I think yeah, the yeah. idea of of someone being pulled out of the gym challenge to become a gym leader is a neat idea. Um, and him having like complicated feelings about that because you know he's not just like okay, I guess I'll just do that. He still is like I've still got an unsettled score here. Um, so I think he's a good character, but he's not a good rival because he just fucking pieces. Um, and then Marnie is, there's, uh, we can't talk about Marnie without talking about Team Yell. Yeah. Team Yell, we're revising our teams list, our villainous teams. Team Yell is the worst team they've ever done by far. Team Yell is nothing. It it even feels mean to call them bad because there's nothing bad about them. There's just nothing about them. They are in the story, I guess, but they exist to be, like, kind of friendly, but we don't really get... Like, they're just people. They're just people and who who are, like, their, their, their role is to be around and be like, hey, you're trying to be champion. We want Marty to be champion, so don't. And you're like, well, I'm going to do it. And they're like, damn. <laughs> damn, you kicked our ass. Like, there's a difference between Team Skull, who we talked about as being, like, they are just people trying to survive. Like, they have a reason for that, and we learn more about them, and we learn about their leader and his, and their, like, flaws in his leadership, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. But they just, they serve, like, why do they like Marnie? What is it about her that they like? Um, how were they recruited to be this thing? Like, what led the, what brought them together? There's a lot of questions that are just, like thrown to the side as they just continue to be gag characters and it kind of works as like i like the idea of marnie as like this like small town hometown hero right and like the the team yell people are all trainers from that that town who are like man she's so great we want to we want to like root her on but the way they're positioned in the story doesn't support that right like if it was like i mean i here i am but like if it was like you know, Gary's, like, fangirls in the anime where, like, they would show up situationally to give context, to be like, wow, everybody loves Gary, he's so cool. But it's not like, it's not like there were episodes of the anime where fucking Gary's fangirls were like, we're gonna stop all the fairies unless you can beat us. <laughs> like, right, what? exactly. <laughs> um, uh, Team Yell, I think, could have been a really cool opportunity to 
talk about like toxic fan bases or obsessive fan bases who are like asking for a lot out of the people that they obsess over, like almost like idol culture, you know, mm-hmm. um, there was so much in there, but then like Marnie barely interacts with them and it's just like, Oh, thanks guys. Thanks. 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 And then by the time you get to, uh, I forget what the name of the town is, but the town where they all hang out, mm-hmm. uh, it starts with an S it's spike, myth. but it's spike myth. By the time you get to spike myth, it, you are in the point of the game where it feels like they are entirely railroading you. Oh yeah. Like, to the point where the joke of that gym is like, we didn't make a gym, so you can't die to Max, and there's no puzzle. Just go forward and fight us. <laughs> <laughs> and like that does definitely work from like a systems interact like a ludo narrative sense. Um, the game is interacting with the story in a funny way, and I think that's good. But, but it would be better in a if the game wasn't already if you didn't already have that sense to this point that it's like the game is the just trying to get you through the game. game. Yeah. Um, it's, it's trying to push you just like, get to the next gym, get to the next gym, you get to the last gym. And then, I mean, you're like here now, but the back, the very back, back end is just like, oh shit, we forgot to tell you any of the story. Uh, you do like two fights of the elite four and then you back out to go fight the bad guy who announces their plans, um, how they were doing it. You go fight their minion. Then you fight it. Then it's like the story has ground to a halt as you're just being spoon-fed expedition that means nothing to you and it's like here's the legendary that you've never heard of or know anything about here's my motives oh no you beat me okay go beat leon i guess good job (laughs) and it just ends it just ends yeah it's the strangest part of the story to me because the character who ends up being the villain is like so he is in the story throughout but like they don't I mean, like he doesn't. It doesn't feel like a build-up to a villain like, reveal. Okay, well, we'll give you a spoiler warning here. If you don't know, it's the fucking chairman. Like I haven't gotten there. I know it's the chairman. Come the fuck yeah. on. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> There's not even that many characters for it to be. Right. It's, it's like, just... okay, is it Marnie? No. Is it Team no. Yell? Obviously not. Is it BD? Probably not. Who else no. is in this video game? <laughs> It's the guy who keeps wearing sexy board shorts and talking about how he's got plans that you're not going to hear about. It's the guy who um, keeps inviting you to restaurants and then being like, oh, I don't actually have time for this. I have to go do something. I have to go do plans. Like, yeah, Rose, not an, just one of Pokemon's dumbest villains. Uh, his that whole like motivation of like we need to it's supposed to be like a um, like a climate change thing, sort of, where he's like, the world is going to get fucked. So I'm saving the future by fucking up the present kind of thing where it's like, well. But what, like, who? I didn't know this about you. You're just telling me this now because the game is over. Like, right. What are you like, doing? If you had expressed some concern about the environment at any point in the past thirty hours, <laughs> yeah. All you're talking about is like, man, I'm like really excited that you're going to become the champion someday, and Leon's got another thing coming if he just thinks he can beat you. Wow, you're awesome. And then you fight Leon, and yeah, then the game just kind of ends. And the funny thing, like, there is a really cool fight at the end that you haven't gotten to. Um, where you fight that legendary with the help of hop and the, and both of the box art legendaries. Mm-hmm. Um, the that's the coolest fight in the game. The what? The dogs, the dogs, the shield dog and the sword does Zacian and Zamazenta. Um, that's a really cool fight visually. I mean, you're just kind of like, you can't capture. And then at one point it's like, Oh no, you can't do attacks. And it's like, that's cool. And then you finish it and you win. And you're like, can I capture one of them? And they're like, no, fuck out of here. Go do a long post game quest. It's, this is, like, people talk about, like, the Pokedex being rushed. I don't think that's what was being rushed. I think the story is, like, the one thing that genuinely bummed me out with how 
much it it feels rushed at the end of it yeah we touched on it briefly but um as far as as far as like the the pokedex um i feel like they actually did a fantastic job with the pokedex that's like the one part of the game where i feel like their job is is more or less unassailable because yeah it's well curated and it's like a good selection and it's a large selection right because it's like there are a bunch of pokemon there are interesting new ones i feel like you know I, I have I have some specific objections that we can talk about, but for in large part, I think the new Pokemon are really good, and the new yeah. forms of old Pokemon are really good. Um, I think they have interesting abilities, and I think they did a great job of being like, let's weed out redundancies that negate the presence of other Pokemon, right? Because, yeah. like, you have situations where, like, okay, how many different, like, normal-type cat Pokemon do we have? One of them is just the best. Why would you bother with the others? You just need the one. You need the normal type cat. It, they they did the quorum thing. They quorumed it. They more or less quorumed it. Um, and I I, unsurprisingly, as the founder of the quorum, you know, co-founder, I yeah. think that was a good idea. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, the game totally. is much better for the fact that they they shave down the Pokedex, and I'm fine with them going back to another. But you know, here's the other thing: the fact that they shave down the Pokedex, meaning that there is no literal national Pokedex. I think is great. I hate the national Pokedex. It really messes with the game when you just have like Pokemon from everywhere that can now. And like, especially if you're like me, like I said, and you want to catch them all. It's like, oh, well, you just tripled my effort, like my work. Like, thanks. Well, and it's also there was just this annoying guidepost because the way the, the national decks unlocked is like, OK, catch every Pokemon. Now we'll unlock another 500 Pokemon. Like, yeah, that's just annoying. Or, like, finish the whole game. Because some, some of them weren't like that. Some of them were, like, finish the game and then you'll get the National Dex. Sure, sure. But there's always, like, an annoying thing you have to do. Like, if you're not going to give me the National Dex from the beginning, which I totally get, then the way you have to unlock it is, is has almost always been obnoxious. I mean, I could get doing, like, a story thing, right? Like, I mean, hey, this is Japan, right? Yeah. Have a region that actually has historical japan stuff have a region where they're like hey we have an isolationist culture and there's an event in the story that opens it up to pokemon from other regions that would be really yeah. interesting that's really like explain why we have a national dex why pokemon are coming in now because why is it that i can't find pikachu until i have a better calculator <laughs> it's a good way to think about it or it's just like <laughs> It's like, oh, now Pikachu spawns on Route 1, and it's like, where was he before? Did I just not know what he looked like? Like <laughs> He just, he smelled your iPhone, and he was like, you're still on the 5S? Fuck this shit. <laughs> Get out of here. I'm not even yeah, I'm I not only even talk to people you. who have Touch ID. <laughs> the 5S Touch ID touch or ID. above, please. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Um, yeah, the National Deck stuff, it, it, it makes a lot more sense now that it's just like, these are the Pokemon that are here. This is what your Pokedex looks like for the next year or two get used to it it's okay and i agree it's okay i think mm -hmm. the it has like the right number of exclusives the 400 is like a nice clean even number for them to just like have in the base game that they can always add on to it's still a lot 400 is a fucking lot especially because a lot of them like have multiple forms right like alcrimi has like 10 forms it has like 80 bud are you kidding me it has so many fucking forms there's there are like it's not even 400 Pokemon. It's it's 400 Pokemon, but probably like 600 forms. Yeah, when you when you include everything like different uh, version variants and stuff like that. And there's, I think this game has some of my favorite uh, evolution methods too. Mm. Um, like we joke about Alcremi, but I think that's a very funny, cool idea. 
that you have to give it a held item and which held item it gets determines how it evolves. And then also when it hits a certain level, however you rotate your switch, which direction and for how long and for what time of day you rotate it, all of those things determine which variant you're going to get. And it's like, cool, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. Throw stuff in there. Throw, Give me more stuff like, um, uh, what's it called? Excelgore, Carablast, et cetera, those guys. Um, there's a lot of interesting evolutions. Or like most of the version exclusives are hard to find. Like you can't find Galar Ponyta anywhere except the uh, the late game forest, the glittering whatever the place that glimmering was Glimmering or something like that, yeah. Yeah. Glimmering But Grove, you can also maybe? like yeah, Glimmered Grove or whatever. No Pokemon can be found there. Literally no Pokemon can be found unless you're sneaking. You can just walk through that entire route and find nothing except like the imp guys who will come at you. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, "All right, well I have to slow down. I have to like sneak." And then finally after like 10 tries, there we go. There's my Galar Ponyta. Like you got to earn those exclusives cuz they know that that's a cool thing. Mm-hmm. And I like that more than I like when you go to this place at six o'clock in the morning, you have a five percent chance to find Galar Corsola. Yeah. So <laughs> that's the difference. Is I think like the ga- like the root methods of evolution are, are really cool, but then like finding stuff in the wild area just gets annoying sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's an interesting Gen two. I think it looks fantastic. I think Pokemon has never looked this good. Also, it's just really pleasant to look at. And- uh, everything is like really broadcast really well sorry go ahead and it's it's interesting because we've always had the problem like pokemon's always been chasing like it's always been a step behind graphically right yeah yeah. um and like this isn't different right this isn't like it looks Mm -hmm. good it's not like listen you i i saw some asshole on twitter being like why doesn't it look as good as breath of the wild and it's like well there are a lot of good reasons for that stupid question um but like also it doesn't need to look better if the game next right. year just looks like this, it's like, okay, the art style, like, I'm not going to say it's plateaued. Of course it could look better, but the art style has hit a point where it's like, no, it does its job well. It looks like Pokemon. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with this. Yeah, it looks like sort of like a 3D version of the anime or something. Like, mm-hmm. it has a very specific art style um, that, again, in the roots and in the towns looks amazing. Like, this is easily the first Pokemon game where I will park my... Uh, like my character in the center of a new town and just like let it idle for a couple minutes, enjoy the music and enjoy like the clockworkness of all of the different towns. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much detail in like Motostoke, for example, where all of the gears are turning and people walk on schedules and stuff. Like it's got, you know, a ton of detail that you can just kind of sprint past, but it's all there, um, which is really exciting and fun. Um, obviously again, the wild area we keep coming back to, uh, is not a very pretty place. And if you set it to online, it also runs like garbage. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. But it's really like I've never moved the right analog stick in a Pokemon game before. It's really cool the first time you get to do that. I can't tell you it's not. It, it did make me smile. Hmm. Um, and like being able to pull that camera back and like really you can just ride your bike along the whole place and see the, the scale of it. Um, it's got some verticality, not a ton. Uh, but I've already like started learning different routes around it and stuff. Like I, f- I feel like you familiar familiarize yourself a lot with it through through long term play, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I also think it's I I definitely approve of them being like uh, an extension of what they did in Sun and Moon is just being like, oh hey, your bike just does everything now. Right, everything. You can, it's your bike is surf. Like we don't even need. 
Sun and Moon kind of like was cute about like, oh, you don't even need Surf anymore because we give you a Pokemon that just surfs with you. And like we give you a Pokemon that does strength for you. And it's like, no, no, you there isn't even a place to use strength anymore. Mm-hmm. Your bike just goes on water. Your bike goes really fast. And that's all you need. You don't need it. You don't need HM Pokemon because there's no need for HMs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a much better way of like uh, encouraging you, like making you feel attached to your travel method than being like, I'm going to throw HMs on a Pokemon and make them do stuff or... We need a narrative justification for every HM to exist. Yeah, I think that stuff is really smart. And there's a lot of good, uh, I guess, expediting and uh, optimizing endgame stuff. Like competitive team making has never been easier. Other than obviously people who are like trying to get perfect Pokemon out of raids. That's its own whole issue that neither of us is really experienced enough to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, Like breeding is super fast and quick and easy and... You don't even need to worry. Like the days of going in Gen Six and being like, which part of uh, the city can I find a perfect loop where I can hold the analog stick in, are gone because you can just go back and forth on a bridge three times and your egg will hatch. Like it's so, or you can set your switch down and like find a place in the wild area to move your to move it around. It's so simplified in a way that is really useful and good. I still like I you know this is this is me bringing my personal beef. I still think that breeding and EVs and IVs and everything and egg moves are just fucking obnoxious, but yeah, I mean, it's the result is what everybody wants. Like most people don't, that's, that's why they make it easier and easier. Every gen is what people want is like, I pick the nature, I pick the EVs and IVs, and then I pick the moveset. I want all of those to go away. And I just want it to be like, this is a Pokemon. Use it. Use the Pokemon as it is when you catch it. I mean like, you know, teach it moves and shit, but I don't want to like, you know, I don't, I don't want to have to fucking play Sim City to 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 manage this fucking Pokemon so that it can be useful. That's yeah, I guess to each their own in that in that department. But it's a fun it's a fun like little goal to work towards. Sure. For a lot of people, and it's been the meta since Gen Four. Like as soon as they had the internet, they had people making perfect Pokemon like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it does obviously feel thematically weird, but so does the concept of capturing monsters. Like let's not let's not split hairs there. Yeah, um, I was gonna say something about the breeding stuff that I already forgot. So if you have another point, go ahead. Um, I mean, not about breeding. I mean, like for me, it's just like I have never appreciated that side of Pokemon. It's always to me been, it felt like busy work to me. Um, yeah, and yeah. I I don't want busy work. I just want to play the game. I don't want I don't want the moment where I'm like, oh, I beat the game. I guess I have to like if I want to get into competitive, you know, like. I'm a Dota person. I'm a fighting game person. I don't have to spend 200 hours getting my Chun-Li into a position where I can use her in a fighting game. I can just sure. use her in a fighting game. So you you would probably want something more like the Battle Tower, where it's just like, either give me Pokemon or let me use the ones I have, and I'm just going to stomp the AI forever. Or just, uh, yeah, BP. I mean, like, I I would... It would be great for me, and I know this. You know, this is a complicated question. I don't know how to how to make this work, but like, I would be here for if it's like, oh, you're going into competitive. We're going to optimize your Pokemon. Like, we're just going to temporarily change their stats so that they're as good as they can be. Yeah, yeah. They they have a tough balance there because on one hand, they want to make it as easy as possible so that you can do it in a reasonable amount of time, but also some people like it being a little bit of a job. Like sure. my, fr- I have friends who are like looking up natures, and it does. It's really like end of the day, it's not that hard. It's just time. Con- it's a little time consuming, 
like you pick a Pokemon that you want and then you pick a nature that you think will be useful and then you get that nature and then you get the moveset you want and that's and then that's it and then you level it that, that you've made a competitive Pokemon at least like to play against your friends and to have interesting fights with your friends which uh, is what most people I know are doing mm-hmm. um, I'm not gonna like go to fucking Pokemon Evo or whatever that's not I don't give a shit I've watched like competitive Pokemon and it's very boring in my opinion <laughs> Yeah, I'm uh, with you. I want to talk about the online stuff too. Uh, this is, it's the Splatoon problem. It's the Nintendo problem at this point, or just whatever you want to call it. Um, they haven't made a Switch game that feels like it's perfect, like its online functionality is perfect just yet, to my, in my opinion. They haven't made a they haven't made a game where it feels like they're not doing online resentfully. Yeah, exactly. I when I try to like connect with people to trade online. You have to, like, so the way it works for people who don't understand is you have to open up the YCOM, which literally means you press the Y button, and then you have, a, you have like, a sort of, like, social media feed of, like, what either all of your friends list or the whole internet, for some reason, I guess, but, like, a random smattering of people are doing. What are they trading? What are they fighting? Whatever. You pick something from there, or you set, uh, you say, like, I want to do a battle with six. Me and six want to do a battle right now. We can't just find each other in our friends list and say, I want to battle with six. What we have to do is we both have to pick battle and we have to set a link code, which is like a four digit code that you both have to agree upon. That's like match me with anybody who uses the same link code as me right now. And we both hit go at the same time. And then it's up to God. And then we just kind of hope that we get matched together. And most like 50% of the time we don't Mm -hmm. because there's only so many four digit codes you can use. So like, I've had multi every single time I've tried to play multiplayer with people. It's like, oh, sorry, either it's not connecting for some dumb reason, or oops, it matched me with someone else. I have to back out over and over again until like, oh, thank God, we finally got together. And all of that would be easier if we were in person. Which is like, all right, we get it. The Pokemon Company doesn't want us to play on the internet, but they've been doing it for ten, like eleven years now. Mm-hmm. Why is it still bad? Don't use link codes. Just let me match with a person or make a room or something. Like, it's bananas that it still works like this. Yeah, it's it's kind of embarrassing that they're still <laughs> this bad at this. And then, because there's so many things that are streamlined so well. There's so many things. And then there's just other things that are like, okay, pick your team for this competitive battle. Okay, it's either the six that are in my main party or I have to randomly select six from my PC, but I can't use both. I have to, like, thumb through, like, ten menus to get a mixture of my party and my PC Pokemon. It's a whole thing. It's very sloppy, sloppily done. When it works, it works. I mean, like, when you're in a fight, it does what it needs to do. But, like, getting into any of those things is such a pain in the ass. It's weird weird because I feel like it's laggy, but it's hard to really tell because it's all turn-based. And so it's like, is it it the case that it runs slowly or is it the case that everyone I ever met is the most indecisive player in the world? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you could always test that on, like, a lagless call or something or, like, two people in person connecting online and testing how long that is. But I don't think it's that laggy in my my experience um it's honestly kind of a step back from last gen also last gen was a nightmare like last gen had had more functionality but it was it was i think the most unintuitive online i've literally ever experienced right well so with gen 6 and gen 7 i remember gen 6 specifically um if like with trading for example by making it so I can request Pokemon from the internet and then receive them as soon as someone wants to give it to me, 
you are devaluing me completing my Pokedex. Straight up. 100%. That's what I believe. That's Maybe that's a spicy take. That's what I think. I think it's a good decision that you can't just go online and say, does anybody have a Galar Farfetch'd? I have to ask one of my friends, hey, do you have one or can you breed me one? Or in some people's case, go on fucking Reddit. Yeah, and just I mean, that. that's... I feel like you're you're not wrong, but that kind of feels like the argument that, like, it's bad that you can matchmake in games. It's like, I mean, I understand wanting to control that, but it's 2019 and you just, that's just not how shit works anymore. Yeah. Because the way it ends up working, like, with Gen 6 was just like, all the legendaries are going to be found in single player, and any Pokemon I need in my decks, I can just ask for. So I can, I finished the decks in Gen 6 in like a week. Like, it's so, it's so doable. Because of how, how accessible that was. But it just felt so loose, too. Um, what felt messy about Gen 7's multiplayer? I feel like I don't really have a lot of experience. I mean, Gen 7's multiplayer was like, you hit a button and you choose an option from the menu to go into, like, the carousel multiplayer castle world. Oh, God, I remember this. And there were, like, a bunch of, like, weird vendors and, like, ghosts of your friends. Oh, and they were like, we've got a world mission where you need to capture 60 Pokemon and then come and manually submit each Pokemon to me. And it was, oh, it was, I'm not kidding, it was the worst multiplayer I've ever experienced. It was atrocious. Fantastic. Yeah, Gen 6 just had a button that was like, hey, did you want a Wonder Trade? <laughs> uh, did you want a Dragonite? Here's a Dragonite for you. Good luck. Congratulations. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess people are just, if you really care about Dexamation, you can just go on Reddit and, and, like, ask for it. But I think that takes away from the fun a little bit. I'm letting myself take my time with this Dex and, like, ask people who have the game, like, if they'll trade with me instead of just sending it to the internet and hoping for the best. Sure. And, like, Wonder Trade's still in there. That's always a fun feature. It's, like, a little bit of a lottery and... You know, I have one. I have a surprise trade now. I have surprise yes. traded, uh, no less than fifty Pokemon. Wow. Uh, I have surprise traded Scorbunnies, Grookies, Sobbles, and uh, Galarian Ponytas. Uh huh. I have not gotten back a single Pokemon that was not complete trash in <laughs> fifty tries, and that's not on the system. That's on the community, but. I can only get so many fucking Magikarps, you little shits. <laughs> yeah, come on, guys. Stop giving me squ Squavits or whatever the, the squirrel yeah, is called. Dude, pull, I just get Squavits. Pull your own goddamn weight. Yeah, no, I get I get plenty of Squavits as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's like that's the gag. It's like eventually you will get either a shiny or a hacked. That was the problem with Gen 6 and 7 was you would get hacked Pokemon and be like, all right, cool. I have a hacked shiny Dragonite. Like, cool. This isn't in the game or it's not supposed to be attainable that easily or whatever you fucking hack this to be level 100 i'll take it i'm just not gonna take it online because i'll probably get banned immediately this is one of those like this is like this is a the dumbest use case right there's there's literally no world in which this happens but if there was like an option to like check a box and be like allow me to have hacked pokemon i'd check that box <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. That sounds, just give me anything. That just sounds fun because, you know, people create weird shit and I'm kind of here for it. Yeah. If you're going to, if it's going to be available, either make it not available, which it seems like they have the crackdown big time on Hack I mean, Pokemon. it's, listen, you know, it's a new system. Like with, you know, with Sun and Moon, it didn't take long because it was the same framework as, as X and Y. They'll, yeah. they'll crack this one. It's, I feel like it's basically inevitable. You'll get yeah, hacked. Pokemon the dealing with the Pokemon community, dealing with any multiplayer community of this type is it's a waiting game of like how long until they break things like raids are broken right now because people were like, I don't want to do raids the way that they're designed to be done. I want everything immediately. 
let's break grades, you know? It's almost uh, like this is a series with the slogan, gotta catch them all, and they've encouraged a certain mindset. It's, and now it's they're the sort of, um, reaping what they've sowed. Yeah, it's like the MMO, I, I forget which, which like, game, to, video game genre this was a big deal in, but I guess, like, MMOs kind of do it, where you put in content, and then you people complain about it being short, but it's like, you you gave me a finite amount of content and unfortunately the way a lot of people play certain games like especially these days is is to speed run the content mm. like i'm gonna take the path of least resistance because that's what i want to do and so you shouldn't punish me by like making me not have anything left to do when that happens you, you can account for that stuff sure um so like people are gonna finish the decks really fast i know a lot of people have done that people already have level hundreds really easily and competitive teams really quickly i'm trying to take my time with it i'm trying to like enjoy the process of finishing the decks and then eventually making a team but um it's a it's a bit messy this is a bit of a messy generation honestly Mm -hmm. i think that's the word i would overall use for it is like they tried a lot the some cool stuff most of it worked decently some of it feels really fucking rushed and some of it's completely broken yeah yeah i mean you know this is this is Game Freak's first outing on the Switch, and yeah. it fucking shows. And I think, like, I don't know that that's necessarily too much of an excuse, right? Like, X and Y was their first outing on the 3DS. X and Y ruled. Yeah. That was a great I mean, generation but, of Pokemon. Again, the way they succeeded with X and Y is they made them very, very small scale. They were, like, nice, short, satisfying campaign, and, like, pretty expensive, like, post-game, but, like, not the biggest. Like, we just... Give you the thing you want, straightforward and easy. But, like, even, like, the writing in X and Y, like, you know, there were, you know, it had its ups and downs, but, like, let's look at the rivals in X and Y. In X and Y, you had four rivals, which was a bit much. Um, <laughs> and even the game seemed to think so because Tierno quickly just became, like, oh, he's not a real rival. He just sort of hangs around. Nobody really cares about Tierno. Yeah. Um, but, like, you had rivals for the different ways you play the game. You had mm-hmm. the character. You had the one who is the main character. You don't pick either Caleb or Serena, who was yeah. like, "I'm like the serious, gonna push you to your limits. I'm I'm all out." You know, classic style of rival. You had Shauna, who was like, "I'm the like going to catch Pokemon. I think are cool and have a good time." Rival, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then there was Trevor, who was like, "Oh, I'm not gonna beat you in a fight. I'm gonna kick your ass on Dex completion." Right, the person who's, yeah, exactly. And that, like, those were, like, the, like, three pillars. And, you know, like, I know we already talked about rivals, but rivals are such a core part of the Pokemon experience. And it's like, what do these three rivals represent? Hop represents someone who's apologizing for getting in your way. Mm-hmm. Uh, BD represents, I guess, like, actually being a rival for a little while and then getting put on a bus. And then Marty represents a rival who shows up when they want to indicate that story is happening. Right. And it's just I mean I mean there's a read, right? There's always a read, but like Hop is like acceptance and BD is ambition and Marnie is uh uh <laughs> story goth. <is> happening. <laughs> goth, cute goth. You know the three the three motivations for people. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Be a goth, be accepting and uh be ambitious. That's it. Um Right. I so I think yeah, in terms of like the the rivals they've definitely done better. Um I will always be fond of like the Gen 2 rival just being like a criminal, like a <laughs> like a garbage machine who like should go to jail. 
and abuses their Pokemon just because it was like really funny when I was ten years old or whatever. Uh, like, why is this guy such an ass? I kind of liked in uh, in Gen three. Honestly, I thought Wally was really cool because he had such a such a different arc, right? Where like, yeah, Wally is this rival who you don't like. Doesn't seem like he should be a rival. He's this kid who you teach. Like you actually get to you actually get to the one being like, oh, this is how you catch a Pokemon, Wally. Come here, let me show you. Here's a Ralts. Um, you know, it's your dad, but you're with him and you're helping. Um, right, right. And then there comes a point in the story where you start going to gyms and you're like, oh, Wally's name is on this wall? Uh, <laughs> Wally already came here? Like the guy who surpasses you. Yeah, they've had really fucking cool rivals before. Wait, I just um, I just rolled in the last town and they just have a big marble statue of Wally? That's, that's they, not they, real, they renamed but... it Wally Town for some reason? Wally's this world? This is weird. Yeah, but... <laughs> Pokemon Generation Three, Wally's World, <laughs> it now in, in stories. Um. So yeah, um, I just I feel like this generation. I mean, you know, like it's the this. You know, we don't think of it this way, but this generation is is these games are are Madden. Yeah, if they're gonna keep pumping them out, we're gonna have to start expecting them to be this like hasty, honestly. And they've been pumping them out for a while. Yep. It's been it's been about a decade of a game every year with one year missed. Yep. Like like at this point Pokemon Company, I want I want it to do the Assassin's Creed thing of like take a couple years off, guys. Like really think about like what people want to get. They can't. You know, they cannot because they have to put out new stuff for for marketing reasons. So you have the you have like the Wish Star like Dynamax bracelet, right? Yeah. What if you had two of them? <laughs> Pokemon's Lance now in stores. Yeah. They'll do it. They'll either do a third version or they're going to update these games with more Pokemon. I mean, like, I because, like, you know, I want to make suggestions. And it's like the idea of suggesting that they change to a different schedule is just I'm I'm throwing that idea in the trash. Right. Like, they're not going yeah, to listen. They're to not me. going there to. There is no world. Um, nope. So at least give them another studio that's helping them. Like, I hate to, I don't like generally saying, follow this other IP's advice because this is not an IP I respect very much, but do a Call of Duty? Rotate developers? Oh, give sure. them time give to, to make games? Studio. Yeah. Because it's just rough right now, y'all. Yeah, I mean... I, we think so, and again, I think this game is selling fine, and they will keep selling fine. But if you don't want, like, you can you can appease both the average person who like wants an exciting new Pokemon game and wants, um, and the people who are like angry about fucking Dexit or whatever. Just take your time. I'm not even saying like make the full Dex game that people are asking for. Like, make a really creative, unique little Pokemon game. Make just make it. That's what I want Gen Nine to be. Mm-hmm. Just take your time. Do something. Do something even weirder. Because this game feels weird but not weird enough is ultimately my complaint is like i really love it when the pokemon company tries ambitious shit and and it it, fla- it fails in interesting ways that's what the wild area represents to me is another example of that if, just try a little just do a little bit more give me maybe maybe next whatever the next generation is or maybe like a late era switch title and we come back and it's like the new pokemon game looks bananas sure i'll do it i'd, I'd love that Sometimes they let you skip years. Skip a year, please. Yes. <laughs> skip a year. 
And, you know, like, have a live team for this game. You can, like, the story is the story. You're not going to salvage the story of this game. It's bad. But, you know, you can do stuff. Yes. It's, and, sorry, go ahead. Ultimately, I feel like how Dark Souls fans felt when Dark Souls 2 came out, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, this is disappointing. I expected better than this. This has a lot of problems. It's still better than most other video games. <laughs> right. This is still this is still a uh, a Pokemon ass Pokemon game. I'm gonna play it when we finish recording tonight. I have a lot of decks completion to finish. Yeah, um, I don't care. They gave me a satisfying checklist overall. If it sounds like we're being negative, it's just because we're the quorum and we talk, we critique things. Well, I really like these games. Well, and I mean, you know, you you can obviously feel differently than me. This is one of my least favorite generations. That's fine. That's, I mean, yeah. It's not what you're looking for, and that is okay. Mm -hmm. I think, like, compare, I, I like it a little bit more than, Sun, than Gen 7, just because Gen 7 felt so consistent and homogenized that it was like, okay, like, yeah, you guys did some weird stuff, and, like, the weird stuff you did is great. You know, changing the way gyms work is great, but ultimately those are just good games. The way these games are bad is very fast, is so fascinating to me. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And like the way that they're better, good... But... The way that they're good is no, sure, it's uh, like objectively, quality-wise, uh, overall better. But like, uh, the stuff I like is really, really good, and the stuff that I don't like is interesting to me in these games. So that's fair. That's where we land. Um, yeah, this is now the second Pokemon, the second podcast that I've talked about these games on. So I feel like I've litigated them to death because we did a chats nights. That won't be up for a long time. So my first podcast will be up like a couple weeks from now if you're a Chats podcast patron. Um, speaking of Patreon 6, uh, do you think it's time to take it to the plug down? Uh, sure, we could do that. Fabulous. Um, as, a for, as mentioned before, I also co-host another podcast. It's called Chats, a television podcast. That's C-H-A-T-Z. And we have a fun Patreon over at patreon.com slash chatspod. Um, in like I said, in a couple weeks, patrons at three dollars or more um, are going to be getting the Chats Night Show every other week, and you'll get an episode about Pokemon Sword and Shield. So you'll hear even more, sort of more general thoughts, like not even digging into features, but just like what we felt as experiences of the game. That's me and my friend Magellan. Cool, cool. Uh, what about you, six? If you want to find me having an existential crisis, uh, I'm on Twitter at six Detmar S A X D E T T M A R. I don't even know what supports are for anymore in Dota. I don't know why we're here. What is this game? Um, I host some other podcasts: ScanlineMedia.com, Patreon.com/ScanlineMedia. Seriously, what the fuck is going on with Dota? Hell yeah, I love the. Year. I just, I just. Speaking of games with weird new features, the fucking hell that may or may not work. I don't like. There's front page of of r slash Dota two. The Dota two Reddit is <laughs> on uh, fire. Well, one of the one. Of, oh yes, it's absolutely on fire. But there's also a great like all chat comment from a pro player. It's like it's like so and so after his it's it's uh, Peter Pandam uh, after his first game in the new patch, brb afk for eight months. <laughs> like that just. Walk away. Come back when this Bye. makes sense. Is uh, come back when the dust settles. Th yeah, there will be a bottle crow soon. I am positive of it. And and Nick Has and I be. will be losing our fucking minds. Even I'm excited for that. I don't play Dota. Um, yeah, and I hope I hope folks enjoyed this episode. Um, we'll we'll definitely be getting back to our Gen Five uh, Pokemon discussion 
uh, probably next episode, mm-hmm. and doing more fun stuff like this. But we wanted to talk about the new game since it came out, and we played the shit out of it and figured we might as well strike while the iron is hot, you know? Yeah. Uh, we do, of course, have uh, Galarian forms and Gigantamax, Gigantamax forms and shit to to get through when we, you know, those are those are backlogged in the quorum. We have not forgotten. We'll get to them at some point. Indeedly deed. We have plenty of Pokemon and forms and things to talk about. The list keeps growing. Now, do we know what number we're at now in terms of the decks? Uh, I thought it was over a thousand. No way. Like decks number? Let me... I just checked. 889. No, 890. 890, yes. Eternatus is 890. You're right. Okay. That's not... That's that's okay. We're not... That's so they, not they absurd. They actually added less than 100 Pokemon. Yeah. They added 90? Or less than 90, even. Because it was at like 805 with uh, Melmetal. Uh-huh. Huh. Interesting. Who, by the way, has a Gigantamax form. Did you know? How do you get it? Uh, nobody knows. They just data-mined it, I think. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Very exciting. Yeah, six, that's what we got. Um, I have this thing I like to say, usually when we wrap up episodes of a Johto it's, Quorum. As a, some might call it, your Z-move. Yeah, it's my Z-move. It's my Jack I'm gonna, I'm gonna, here, here, can't. I just slapped my arms across my chest. I made the yep. Z. This is a game for kids. So let's be adults. It's not very effective. <laughs> Peace out. Bye.